Hello everyone. Usually this would be the part where someone says, Welcome to Lore Crimes. And I guess it is still Welcome to Lore Crimes, so I mm -hmm. just completely ran in circles in my head. <laughs> but we're doing something a bit different today is what I was building up to. Instead of all of us getting together to do either a podcast discussing the beginner to expert lore of a faction, person, or era, or a quiz where one of us gives a quiz... And, then and one of us fails incredibly <laughs> badly, and yeah. Eli wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Hal comes in with the dark horse victory. Mm -hmm. We have something a bit different. Andy, would you like to? Do you want to explain what we got going on here? Okay, so we 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 currently do not know what we're going to call this, but I'm sure if I'm editing this, I'll just flash it obnoxiously in your eyes right now to show what the series is called. But essentially, the premise is I know literally nothing about Warhammer Fantasy. I'm a 40k man. I, I enjoy the 40k books and the games, but I, I know for, I know fantasy exists. I know there's something called Age of Sigmar and people don't like it as much. And there's a guy called Carl Franz that everybody loves. And there are Ooh. these rat boys called Skavens. And there's some good games called Vermintide. But other than that, I know pretty much nothing about Warhammer Fantasy. So I thought, well, what about... If if I'm the 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 person who's the ancillary for the audience who knows barely anything, from the ground up we could just go through the basics and talk about Warhammer Fantasy with someone who actually knows what they're talking about. And so here we have Colin, the the master of Warhammer Fantasy lore on the channel, who can tell a dunce like me <laughs> what goes on in the universe. And today, because we'd like to date this uh, first little project episode to be as introductory as it can we're just going to go through a map of the warhammer fantasy world and see what's in it so i'll just pick a location we'll go through not quite all of them because some of them are both unimportant and have about one sentence worth of lore to be talked about <laughs> but all the big boys are going to get their hit including, of course, the Empire, the High Elves, the Dwarves. I'm going to go through all the big lads. Mm -hmm. uh, and before we um, get anywhere near into the actual map, I've got to just say, the first thing I've noticed about it is it's basically just like, you look at where it says Albion and the Empire, it's just Europe. It's literally just Europe. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what makes this a lot easier, even if you know nothing about <laughs> Warhammer Fantasy, because if you have a map of the Earth pulled up, I can Pretty say, similar. go to... Go to this spot, go to the U.S., and you're yeah, there. Go to South America, and I go, new world, there we are. Yep, it's uh, quite easy. <laughs> yeah, okay. I do uh, I do like the little, the not-Earth. I think there used to be old lore that all of the planets that the old ones made, because the old ones are involved in fantasy, too, because of course they oh, of are. Of course. Uh, yeah, they couldn't used, keep away. They used to make planets like this as a template which theoretically means they also made Earth, or based on okay. Earth. But this is old lore I'm digging into that may or may not be canon, and also Warhammer Fantasy exploded, so nothing we'll see developed on ever again. <laughs> but with that, Andy, is there anywhere you'd like to start us off? Um, uh, I think my only point of reference is, um, well... You're a big fan of the Empire. Mm -hmm. I live in a place that used to be called Albion or Albia. So maybe we start near the Sea of... Is that the Sea of Chaos? Sea of That is the Sea of Chaos right above Albion. Yeah, yeah I guess if maybe we start there, we go down and then we go one either side and 
see wherever you so yeah wherever we go with the conversation see what takes our fancy oh i think uh, i think i like that idea so we'll start at the very top you see where it says chaos wasteland and northern wastes yeah and for anyone wanting to know where that correlates to on earth the north pole <laughs> it's uh pretty self-explanatory that's the area of the warhammer fantasy world closest to the eye of terror in comparison where chaos is bleeding into reality. The realm of chaos is bleeding into the Warhammer fantasy world. And where the, reason, the penguins live. Uh, you know, there's actually is it a cold? meme about that. Oh, it's very yeah? cold. It's, it's, it is cold, okay. It's nothing but ice. Ice and chaos corruption. So it's ice and things that make you go crazy whenever you look at it. Mm. And the reason for that is those old ones again. They Ugh. actually are the reason, even more so than 40k that everything looks the way it is because when they were around the old ones basically either created every race most of the races anyway not the orcs but like the elves the dwarfs they all created or uplifted them with a purpose to fight chaos because they were mm -hmm. getting ready to do that it was explicit in fantasy chaos just kind of happened in 40k and fantasy <laughs> like nope no we know it's here we got to get ready for it the four chaos gods always existed we got to get ready and the old ones, it's they're, they're the nemesis rather than space clouds. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, <laughs> to my knowledge, there's no Catan equivalent in Warhammer Fantasy. Oh, bit of a shame, but it uh, it would be rather hard to have robots in a fantasy setting. Sometimes <laughs> they do try it, but yeah, like the the dwarves in um in uh, the Elder Scrolls with the Dwemer, where they just have like golden mechanical spiders and stuff, that could work maybe. That would have been sick. But that mm. kind of thing wouldn't happen. I don't believe it ever really happened. In AOS, there might be something like that. But for now, none of that, tragically. But oh. to get back to, to the old ones, while they were doing that, at the northern poles and southern poles of the planet were these gates they would use to ferry stuff to the planet. And then when Chaos invaded, they saw these two magical portals just hanging around and were like, well, that's as good a door as any for us. Mm -hmm. And then they broke in, and the northern and southern poles of the planet slowly become more and more corrupted by chaos. Okay. Uh, just to talk about the northern and southern one, because they're pretty much the same thing, just equal sides of the planet. Mm. You see the southern waste, it's Antarctica, it's on an island. That yep. chaos corruption isn't really spread, but off the northern wastes, every time chaos invades in the world, those wastes slowly get just a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. Which is unfortunate so for everyone. <laughs> So where I'm seeing it says Grand Cafe, is that, because I'm seeing that's quite blank, is that mm. chaos controlled and it's kind of looming closer to uh, that kingdom place? Is that it spreading is from there? not. That's because it's, the reason it's like that is because most maps of the Warhammer Fantasy world, aside from a map of total Warhammer, are older. And okay. until within the past pretty much year and a half, Cathay had no lore. This whole area, okay. the whole eastern section of the map, paragraphs. That, that right. was it. <laughs> so, in this case, I can talk about Cathay now that they've actually given it lore, but it's not blank because it's corrupted. It's blank because the Games Workshop decided we don't want to write for this part of the planet. Oh, okay. Although we'll just add more onto the empire because that's what we like. <laughs> pretty much the uh, the western half of the planet filled with lore. Eastern half could not care less. Mm. 
but that's pretty much the chaos waste. There's demons there, there's chaos corruption. Although you did bring up penguins, and I feel like I should mention a little <laughs> small meme in fantasy. Go on, then. Go is on. That Archeon is afraid of penguins. Oh. Uh, because the southern wastes, there's beastmen. There's beastmen pretty much everywhere on the planet. That's something I should also just point out. But in the uh, southern wastes, there's a lot of beastmen. And usually beastmen in fantasy are chaos-corrupted people or merged with animals. It, chaos turns people into animal people, essentially. It's a okay. faction of furries. So, dum-dum here. Uh, who is Archeon? Right. Pardon me. Right. I'm pulling back. <laughs> so, you know Abaddon? Oh, yeah. We all love Abby. It's Abaddon. basically Warhammer fantasy Abaddon. Okay. He's, uh, he has a title that I think is a little bit cooler, in my opinion. The Ever Chosen of Chaos. That's Ooh. some right proper evil stuff. Yeah. Favored uh, by the gods, quite literally. Indeed. He had to go through all sorts of trials to get the treasures of chaos. And then he tries to blow up the world and it succeeds because fantasy wasn't making money. <laughs> oh. Big sad. But he is afraid of penguins. Uh, oh. There's a line in the lore where he says that the beasts of the southern chaos waste are the true beastmen because they've never had proper human like <laughs> integrations into them. Like, there's no human that got corrupted and became a beastman. So the meme goes, he thinks they're the truest to chaos. Surely he's afraid of penguins, because it's Antarctica I'm, down there. There's nothing I'm down just there. Imagining, I'm just imagining Pingu with, like, the uh, <laughs> the, the, the eight-pointed the eight star on his forehead, just going, noot, noot, and just raging across the wastes. Archeon's like, I fear no man but that, that thing. thing. It scares me. <laughs> he, he wants nothing to do with that place. Well, that terrifying sea otter episode of Pingu, where he's just there and he's got the big—is it sea otter? He's got like the—it's like a walrus or something. He just comes out the—it's terrifying. I'll put like a a reference in the thing, and people in the comments go, "Yes, that was the most terrifying episode of Pingu." <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, so that—that's the northern and southern waste. It's like very cold. Chaos can't craft boats because they're stupid, and they hate penguins. Okay. Well, you cool. say that. Going immediately down. <laughs> okay. To Norska. Now you said that earlier. It was uh, it was like Norway, pretty much. Yeah. It's uh, Norse. Very yeah. on the nose. Games Workshop. Yeah. Nice work. They even call them the Norse. Like it's not. Oh, of course they. They're do. not subtle about it at all. Mm. But these are so it's not as chaos corrupted in Norska. It's it's close, but it's the difference between being on the doorstep of hell and living in it. Mm-hmm. So, but beyond even that, the southern portions are reasonably free of chaos taint, but you still live in the Arctic Circle, so they can't grow anything. Right. And so they can't grow anything. The demons are constantly knocking on their doorstep, as well as other chaos-corrupted monsters, like the Beastmen again. So they pretty much have no choice but to turn to raiding. And mm -hmm. every now and then, they just sail on down to the Empire or Albion, or sometimes they get real brave and go to Ulthuan, though that doesn't work out for them pretty much ever for reasons I'll get into. It's the big donut in the sea. I yeah, can see that. Okay. That's, that's the only landmass that doesn't have an equivalent on Earth. Because yeah, I was thinking, I don't remember that. <laughs> we do not have a donut in the Atlantic. It'd be cool mm. if we did, but we do not. Mmm, donuts. Yeah. But so, so, yeah, I'm already assuming that, like, the Empire 
I mean, it's where Germany is more or less, so that that explains all the Germanic stuff. And then Araby, like Arabic, <laughs> very good. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get reference here. Yeah, um, and you uh, you can build an idea of what it's going to be like in there based on the names alone a lot of the time, or location, mm. at least with the human settlements. When you get to places like Lustria, it's a bit harder Lustria. to guess beyond saying that's that South fun. America, but there's not yeah. much people presence there. But to uh, really quickly jump back to Norska, that's pretty much where the majority of chaos worshippers are, at least as far as the ones we see in lore. In the eastern steppes, to really quickly pan over, there's actually a lot of Mongol chaos invaders. Okay. At least based on Mongolian culture, but we, again, we don't get as much lore on them versus the Norskans. That's we don't in 40k either with the white scars. They're my favorite legions. Yeah. Like, do we get any lore? No. Okay. <laughs> but we know they exist. That's that's mm-hmm. pretty much what it is. There is a little bit more lore on them than relative to their setting than the white scars. White scars probably have more lore overall, but relative mm-hmm. to their impact, I think the the uh, Kurgans, I believe it is, have a little bit more impact. A little mm. bit more lore, but it's still not much. That whole area of the world is pretty much... Chaos Mongols are there. There's also Goblin Mongols. <laughs> okay. Mo- moving on. Thanks, Games Workshop. <laughs> and... But, yeah. Life's hard in Norska. It's cold. It's cold and chaos corruption in some places. You can't grow food most of the year. Pretty much the only option they have is to invade the Empire. Hmm. There have sometimes, there was actually one person, or one family I know in lore, that went to Norska to help the Norskins, because they had the most hippie idea ever. It was, if we show them that we care and can, like, grow food and crops and take care of them, they can turn Mm. away from the dark gods. Andy, how well do you think it goes when people try and turn away from chaos? Uh, I mean, I have seen every season of Vikings, so I'm pretty sure it involves, like... (laughs) Like making a, a uh, getting a sword, putting it in a furnace, making it super hot, and saying, uh, "Hold this in your hands and go for a quick walk around the courtyard, and I'll believe you if you don't get burned." Like, okay, <laughs> pretty harsh, pretty harsh. It, uh, but still, that didn't happen. But they did. The two, the the lovely imperial couple that tried to help anyone did get did get burnt to two of the people that helped the end times. Three of the okay. people, pardon me. Oh so, dear. Trying to unchaos Norska, not generally a good idea. No. Uh, Moving down a bit, we'll go to Albion because I can probably yay! finish the war there in about 30 seconds. It's England. It Hello. Is, it is England, <laughs> except populated by. Bretonians? Uh, thankfully, no. I, I, there's oh, no Bretonians there. Because that would make sense. I was like, that's pretty on the nose name for a faction. I was assuming they'd be from Albion because it's Brit. Tonian. The, the name comes from there, but they're not super Brit. They're like Arthurian legend French mix in Bretonia, and I hate them. But before I get uh. into them and get angry, let's cross Albion off the list. <laughs> Albion is like the idea of druidic practices and like the okay. pre Roman Britain, essentially. So they, uh, they're actually some of the only people left on the planet that know anything about what the old ones wanted to do with fighting chaos. And they mm-hmm. keep track of these magical lines across the planet that meet in Albion, among other places. 
and mm-hmm. basically do what they can to keep chaos from letting the world fall apart or just rampant magic blowing the world up. Because magic is just everywhere in the Warhammer world. They're called the Winds of Magic, and they just flow across mm-hmm. the planet. So Albion, the druids there, are some of the people that help keep that in check. Okay. And Gotrick and Felix also went there and killed a giant that was about 200 feet tall. Oh, of course they did. Why not? And then uh, Gotrick grappled off of the falling giant using his optic nerve to reach the ground safely. So you're saying he just did a God of War and he was just like, I've played the PS4 remake. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> or, or rethink. Yeah, no. Pretty much. Uh, uh, anything they fight is going to be past tense very Who, who would win in a fight? Kratos or Gotrick? Uh, ooh, that's a... I'd hmm. have to think on that one. I'm not entirely sure. It'd be... In the comments, who you think would win? Lots of axes. There'd be a lot of axes, and then anything within a 50-foot radius of wherever they're at is is just dead. Pulverized, yeah. Mm. But that's pretty much the majority of Albion lore you need to know. It's another one of those places that Games Workshop is like, it's cool background setting, but you don't get, like, an army or anything out of it. Oh, it's a shame. Moving down... It's uh, it is. It might be a bit hard to see in the map. So go to the Empire and then go up, but don't hit Norska. Do you see it's that key, little Kislev? Yeah. yeah, Kislev. Oh yeah, I was because I for reference to the audience, I'm looking at a map and I've zoomed in, but it's very blurry when it gets to small text. So I, I just saw Ki- Kiev, Chicken Kiev, maybe. Ki- Ki- yeah, Kislev. Okay. Yeah. Despite uh, despite not have they used to actually they used to have an army. In very old Warhammer fantasy, and I mean okay. old, but then old. for a while they pretty much had no presence and the tabletop. But they've only actually had a decent amount of lore. They're the mm-hmm. buffer zone between the Empire and Chaos. It's basically just just take a like Polish, Russian, Ukrainian cultural Slavic soup and throw it into Kislev, and that's what you get. They've got the winged hussars. Winter's their greatest ally. They love bears. It's it's just a mishmash of that area of Europe. Hmm. Lots of Scandinavian stuff, and like, yeah, we're just gonna have lots of um, Adidas. Is it Adidas <laughs> squatting, drinking vodka? <laughs> Adidas tracksuits, bears. There's no tracksuits, but they do have bear cavalry, oh. and they do drink oh. vodka. Hold on, bear cavalry. That sounds excellent. That's Why isn't a... that in the tabletop anymore? That sounds brilliant. Probably because the world doesn't exist. <laughs> but they are bringing it back with the uh, the old world, like the the pre-modern fantasy setting, and Kislev okay. will have bear cavalry. Oh, okay, cool. Because <clears throat> that was a crime, if they were just going to be like, we're not going to make any more bear, mo- like bear models that you can ride and throw, I guess, javelins at people. That'd be cool. Yeah, they're finally uh. rectifying this grievous issue. Mm. As for what it's like there, it's the weather is like Russia in the winter, except it's always winter. Winter mm. just gets worse when it's proper winter. Although, mm. living there for thousands of years, the Kislevites have gotten pretty good at dealing with it. Yeah, and they've, they've learned how to make scarves and stuff. Yeah, they've learned all that. Uh, go inside, drink your vodka to keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> please, don't, please do not drink alcohol, kids, if you are in danger mm. of frostbite. <laughs> yeah, don't oh, do I it. Should, I should throw it that in there. It constricts the blood vessels. Don't do it. It won't yeah. make you warmer. Not, not, a good, not a good idea. But as for what's in there, ice. But ice, ice, the queen baby. of Kislev is an ice, always an ice mage. 
So whenever an army invades, she just kind of waves her hands and then it freezes to death. Oh. Which is pretty much how the Empire hasn't fallen. Because every time Chaos invades under the helm of an Ever-Chosen, because Arcan's not the first Ever-Chosen, he's the last. Every time they do so, an Ever-Chosen goes, yep, time to time to take another crack at the world. They have to go through Kislev. And on the one hand, they always get through Kislev. But on the other hand, whatever makes it through is never as big as the first army. So the only mm -hmm. reason the Empire doesn't get butchered is because you can thank Kislev for that. Because Kislev is the buffer zone, to be yeah. like, right, after all the poor guys in their, like, frozen houses. They're yeah. like, right, we'll do our best. Pretty much. And then they're like, we're decimating the Empire's like, right, no problem, it's much smaller now. <laughs> and to be, to be fair, they do a bang-up job at it. Like, the... the well, what? The are they on friendly ratio. terms in that regard? Are they like, thanks, yeah. Kislev, or they're like, are oh, you primitives? They are allies. Uh, sometimes okay. the Empire sends them equipment. The uh, Kislevites, they think the Empire's a bit soft, given that <laughs> they're the ones sitting on the they border. they got central heating. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't snow sometimes in the year, so they're clearly mm. weaklings. Yeah. But they are, they're friendly with the Empire. There's a little bit less lore on their relationship with other factions, but... Okay. They, uh, they seem friendly enough with the dwarves whenever dwarves make an appearance in Kislev. Gotrick and Felix once again have several books in Kislev because there's a lot of stuff to kill when chaos is rampaging around. And overall, that's pretty much Kislev. It's Polish, Russian, that area of the world, Slavic cultural soup. It's cold. And every now and then chaos likes to invade and either get pushed back if it's just a few raiders or get severely weakened if it's a proper army. Okay. <clears throat> Moving down, finally, to the Empire of Man. Ooh. The protagonist faction. Much like the Imperium is. Although GW did rein in the, the author favoritism a bit for the Empire. Oh. <laughs> it's uh it's not quite the same level of the Ultramarines plot armor. Which has been waning. It has been gradually, waning. But still. Don't get me wrong, they're my favorite chapter, so but as for the Empire itself, it's Germany. Yeah. Like, they speak Reichspiel. The capital yeah. province is Reichland. Altdorf is yep. the capital city. It's on the yep. Reich River. Yep. It, the, the, guys, the, the main guy in charge is called Karl Franz. Like, yeah. yeah. Germany. There's a <sighs> William Feuerbach is a character. <laughs> it, it, it's the Germanest place that ever Germaned, essentially. Mm -hmm. And this there's all a came... small town called Oktoberfesten. Uh, yeah, Prob perfect. probably. <laughs> and this came about because many thousands of years ago, a man called Sigmar was born. And this is a story that might be a little bit familiar to people who are only knowledgeable on 40k. The Empire was just a bunch of tribes, and Sigmar himself came from the tribe of the Unbarogans. And he had a vision of uniting this empire. And he did. He got almost all of the human tribes that were available, like that existed in this area, to come together and form the Empire of Man. He ruled it for 50 oh. years. And then on the 50th. That's it. Well, 50. He, uh, you'll see on the 50th year of his reign, he, he took his hammer, Galmaraz, that a dwarf king had given to him for saving his life against orcs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just left. <laughs> he just Never walked left. off. 
Thanks. He, uh, uh, selfish. To be fair, he did ascend to godhood. So he was, uh, he was still <laughs> he around. He abandoned so many people. They're like, you're the god of abandonment. He, still, he watched over the Empire. <laughs> okay. It, it was a bit rough because he each trapped him in a magical vortex, which again, I'll get to. But oh. uh, he did his best. He ruled very well. It was a time of prosperity. And then after he left, he became a god. People started worshipping as a god when one crazy man said he was a god, except he could kind of prove it because he had miracles to back it up. And ever since then, the Empire has been progressing technologically, culturally, to get to the point where, unlike pretty much almost every other fantasy setting, it's actually in the Renaissance era. It's not vaguely medieval-ish. The Empire is pretty firmly in the Renaissance. Mm. And there's hints in the lore that before it was end-timesed, it was reaching the Industrial Revolution. Like, there's right. all sorts of, like, tax riots, like the window tax riots. Sandy, I know I brought that up for the... Well, they they have gunpowder, so I was thinking they're they a bit do. further ahead than a lot of the other factions if they've got gunpowder. They it's do. Pretty good. They're uh, probably the second most technologically advanced, so that's the Empire. Can I make a guess? Is the is the most technologically advanced the Dwarves, by it any chance? It would be the Dwarves. They're close neighbors. Ugh. Uh, one last thing about the Empire really quick. They, uh... If... Have you ever played Rome Total War, Andy? Briefly. Okay. Uh, they're kind of like the Romans in that game, and that they're not the best at anything, but they're damn good at everything. Like the Empire. Like the Ultramarines. Indeed. <laughs> like the Empire, they're not nearly as good as magic as the Elves, but mm -hmm. they're certainly better than pretty much everyone else because they have access to all winds of magic, all eight of them, and can freely create more. They have colleges of magic. They're definitely not as good as tech at the dwarves, but they're not as slow to adapt as the dwarves are. They can invent new things much quicker. They're better and, at taxation. Yes, the Empire is also <laughs> quite good at taxing you. <laughs> but because that was the perfect segue you gave me, Andy, how about we talk about their friends, the dwarves? Okay, now, cool. I like dwarves. You see the, cool. the, the mountain chain uh, next to the Empire? It's it's yeah. it's the grayer bits on the on the map. Yeah. That that's where dwarfs live. A kind of spinal column that's going down yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. That's uh, okay. the world's edge mountain range. And in there is dwarfs. That's where their kingdom was in ancient times, and what's left of it is still there. As okay. well as goblins and Skaven. But for now So that's where Skaven come from. <laughs> uh they don't kind of there, they're just everywhere just they're just they're just well i was gonna say i would have just thought they'd be under the floorboards of every kingdom so that pretty, might not be far off pretty much there's uh there's one place on the planet skaven aren't and i, I know i've said this three times i'm going to get to it <laughs> it's I, I keep having to say that about ulthuan the elves but mm. for now for the dwarves they had they're like the roman empire equivalent funny enough for the Warhammer Fantasy world, because they had a massive empire stretching pretty much every mountain range in the world, or at least the old world. So this whole mountain range, the big spine, the ones going into the empire in Britonia, Dwarven Kingdom, it was all connected by this massive underground highway called the Underway. And even back then, they weren't quite as technologically advanced as they were now. They were still probably equal to the empire thousands and thousands of years ago. Okay. <clears throat> they are good with their stuff. Problem was, 
they came, they had a war with the elves, the high elves, because the dark elves did some trickery Ooh. and caused a nice little false flag operation, and things spiraled out of control because the dwarves are very stubborn. They love grudges more than anything else. Mm. And the high elf, they even have a book about them. They do a great book. Mm. And mm. the high elf Phoenix King at the time was. Even the high elves think he's an incompetent moron. <laughs> uh, their arrogance ends at him because they look back on that era of history and go, God, what, a, what an idiot. So between that, massive war weakened both of them and led to the fall of their massive empires. As for the dwarves specifically, it gets worse for them. <laughs> because uh, remember the old ones? They, uh, <laughs> they had servants called Slan. Which, every now and then, they show up in 40k, but they're a lot more prevalent in fantasy. Okay. They're the strongest magic users in, users in the world. And their second and first generations could just move the planet, like the tectonic plates around. Oh, why not? Yeah. And one of them, of the second generation named Mazda Mundi, decided these mountains need to be a bit further to the left. And oh. so he moved the mountains a bit further to the left. Except the problem with that is, that's where the dwarves had all their buildings. Uh, so, overnight, pretty much, they went from weakened but still hanging on to all of our empires exploding, and we don't know why. Oh, the Skaven, the Skaven also had a hand in that. They of course built, they did. They built something big, and it went wrong, because everything they do goes wrong, but it's the Skaven. I like so how vague funny. that was. They built something, and it broke. They, uh. Pretty much. I, I believe it was they were trying to expand their own little underground realm. And okay. To be fair, it expanded the underground. It just probably blew up and killed every Skaven nearby. This which tunnel collapsed, yeah. Which, again, for the Skaven is a non-issue. There are always more rats. Mm. Yep. As for the dwarves, though, they got invaded by rats. They got invaded by goblins and orcs. Pretty much all of their major holdings on the planet, gone. They have their capital. They have a few select wealthy holds, including one that's uh, right between the Badlands and Tylea, if you can see where mm -hmm. that is on the map. Which yeah, has, I, can see that. I believe, the largest navy in the Warhammer world, but they don't use it because the dwarves hate the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> they just have it. I'm not getting my shoes wet, <laughs> some dwarf commander. <laughs> it's, yeah, pretty much that. Uh, we'll go into that really quickly and, and a little, little brief foreign into dwarf culture. Like you said earlier, mm -hmm. they have that great book of grudges. They love mm. complaining about things and writing down people that wronged them. Yep. To the point where there was an empire uh, business transaction that the dwarves were shorted two coins. Probably not even intentionally. <laughs> it probably just fell out of the wagon or whatever. It's like, oh, well, two mm. coins, who cares? The dwarves killed everyone involved. <laughs> Oh my. And I'm assuming that's why no one came to their aid with the orcs and the goblins and everything. They would just say, oh, the orcs are under attack. I'll get them. I don't care. The, el <laughs> the elves certainly weren't going to help because the elves and dwarves mm. just got f done having World War I. Uh, mankind probably wasn't at the best state at the time to help them out because this was before the Empire was even a thing. So... But yeah, even if it was a thing, with that kind of thing going on, they probably would have been that charitably inclined. Mm. Um, that being said, they are still best friends with the Empire humans, the Empire specifically, because like I said, Sigmar saved that Dwarf King to get his hammer. The Dwarf mm. King pledged that Dwarves and the men of Sigmar would be friends forever. Doesn't okay. stop there from being war. This is still a Warhammer setting. 
but mm. it's it's like you know there's half the war against men and dwarves as there is against dwarves and everyone, everyone else, else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the fun drunk uncle that exactly. comes to the wedding exactly. you're like oh he's fine when he's not drinking it's like ah so he's fine when you get to know him but like he's been through a lot someone went in his house and they ruined his living room and he's angry about it still exactly <laughs> pretty much and he's got an, and he's got an infestation problem under the floorboard so he's very grumpy but they did, to be fair, they did, they did give mankind gunpowder technology, teach him how to work oh. steel and all that good stuff. That's good uh, of them. They even have a little rivalry over who invented the rifled barrel. <laughs> uh, some humans claim it was the Empire in Hawkland. The dwarves claim it's the dwarves who did it. Not even just a specific region, just no, we. The dwarves. It was us. us the dwarves. It was us, TM. Dwarves, dwarves FC did it. Yeah, pretty much. And hmm. but aside from those things, they uh, they're pretty standard fantasy dwarves. They like their booze. They have it's called Bugs Bugman's Ale. It's the finest ale, ale in all of the fantasy world. And if you go to I think the Games Workshop headquarters in Nottingham, they have a cafe where you can buy Bugmans, which oh nice I desperately want to do. <laughs> oh, I'll go. I'll go over. I'll do like a. I'll do like a field trip. I'll get some, I'll bottle it, and I'll send it to you through the post. I got you some bugs, and it'll just be, like, soaked through the parcel. I'm like, I, I tried. I'd be forever <laughs> indebted. <laughs> or if it comes ruined, you're forever in the grudge book. Yeah, I'm going to be in the grudge book, I, I bet. The only uh, the last two things to take note with the dwarves is, aside from the grudges, is they're very, very conservative. And I don't okay. mean that in, you know, right-wing politics. I mean mm. that in... Like, if something hasn't been in the blueprint stage for 500 years before a prototype is mm. built, it's considered radical and unsafe technology. Mm. To be honest, that's quite typical of a, of a dwarf species in any fantasy setting. Like, they keep to themselves, they, they just they stick by the rules, and they're, mm. they're not very big fans of change. You yeah. Know? They, uh, they will, over time, it will happen. But even their language doesn't drift. It's to the point where if you speak ancient, Kazalid, uh, their language is called, you have a mm -hmm. decent shot of understanding what it is 5,000 years later. Hmm. <laughs> I like that. And dwarves are great in any any setting. They're always great. I, I, I'm never unhappy when it's a dwarf involved. They're, they're mm. just great. Yeah, elves can be a bit hit and miss, but dwarves are like, you know where you are with a dwarf. Yeah, exactly my elf where you are. Man, I know they can be, a, sometimes they're not great. <laughs> but dwarves, mm. you know what you're in for. Always a good time. The last thing is, just because it's cool, the Slayer cult. A dwarf who does something real bad has to shave his head, except for a mohawk, dye it red, and then find death in battle to redeem himself. Ah, oh, that that reminds me of um, what's it called in Dragon Age? The dwarves who wear black armor and they're like, there's like they go underground in the deep roads, and the equivalent of like demons flock, and they're like the first wall of defense, and they have to join this legion, and they all wear black armor, and they're like, oh, you you're a criminal. You can die, or you can go and fight the 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 dark spawn in the deep tunnels. And I I feel like they're called the Legion of the Damned. But if that's the case, then there's a copyright infringement problem there. <laughs> Some, someone copied someone's homework. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that now. But still. Uh, uh. But yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. And because again, they're dwarfs, and they're so obsessed with grudges, and just their mentality is. It's been noted even like in Godric and Felix books, uh, that Felix like f they're almost alien. They're not just short uh, people. Their mindset is vastly different from humans. 
Mm. Uh, oh, they're, they're called Legion of the Dead. It's almost uh, end. It's Legion not of the quite, Dead. though. Not quite. <laughs> but, uh, like, something wrong for the dwarfs can be, like, you accidentally caused an entire dwarf city to be destroyed. You are taking that Slayer Oath right now. Oh, I thought it was going to be something really minor, like that Star Trek episode was like, oh, you trampled someone's flower grove. Death penalty. Like, what? Like, ah, well, that's quite hard. That's the other end of the spectrum. Like, let's say oh. you're, you're gambling. The dwarves do like gambling, and they, it's not just if you lose, you automatically take the oath. But okay. let's say, like, you lose a month's worth of earning. That dwarf may decide that's worthy of taking the oath. He has to die in battle now. Right. Like, a trip to Las Vegas would either end with a dwarf obscenely wealthy or leaving with a death wish. Mm. Uh, and what, one last thing of the dwarfs before I move on, because I just laugh at this. Uh, there was a dwarf, again, Gotrick and Felix. I'm going to reference them a lot, by the way. Okay. That's fine. They're I don't just, mind. They're, they're, they're the book version of this. Like, if you want to get into Warhammer Fantasy, read those books. But aside from that, there was a dwarf, like, Gotrick and another dwarf, an old friend of him, were arguing about something, and it was an intense argument. And Felix was the only human around, and he looked at a bunch of the other dwarves and was like, is this not the stupidest thing you've ever heard? Like, someone back me up on this. And then one of the dwarfs goes, I haven't talked to my brother in 50 years because he didn't pay for a tab he said he would cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's nice. like that grudge, grudge, beer, beard, slayer oath, technology grudge. There's the dwarves. Yeah, fueled by grudges. Yep. A great species. <laughs> now, to move a bit south, uh, you know what? No, I'm getting them out of the way. I'm going to be angry. To move west. <laughs> oh, we got to do it. Brisbane, I know where you're yeah. going as well. Yeah, here we go. <sighs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not a fan of them, as I'm sure some of you watching are aware of. Mm. They, to give them their credit, I, I can't even give them credit. When Sigmar, <laughs> can't was, even say when the Sigmar was uniting the tribes, the Bretonians were the one tribe who said, no man who has united all the rest of, pretty much all the rest of mankind we know of, and has defeated chaos and orcs and all sorts of other things, we're too good to join your fun club. We're going to stick over here and sleep with our horses. Ooh. As for beyond that, and so that's why they're their own independent nation, uh, they're also a faction of LARPers. There's another great thing for you. <laughs> because one, they're, and they're, government is feudal they're like more proper fantasy they're like feudal medieval knights knights chivalry all that stuff uh, their government keeps it that way doesn't allow technological advancement because they need to keep the peasants locked down and poor and dirty and so they're like nope it's medieval stasis you are n we are not letting you advance up the tech tree oh no the other way they're LARPers, you know, they LARP as medieval knights. The other way they are is they're high elf LARPers, which, don't get me wrong, I appreciate, you know, taking some inspiration. Speaking as an elf, enjoy yourself. Indeed. <laughs> I, I can look past that a bit. Indeed. And, you know, the knights they have are based off of high elf silver helm uh, cavalry units, they're called. Budget ones, then, I they, guess. Uh, they saw way back when... when uh, elves and cast were fighting they saw these elves charge the battle on their horses and their armor and they were like that's cool as that's cool hell. and to be fair <laughs> yeah. that is cool uh maybe you need to take the copying it so far that you base your entire economy pretty much around horses mm. yeah they love horses to the point where once you can walk you're then taught to ride a horse even their peasants have horses it's they're like, kind of french <laughs> they're very french <laughs> uh 
like the founder, like their version of Sigmar is named Giles Le Breton, like Le Breton, I believe. Oh, very French then. Yeah, okay. Quite. Uh, he's the only Bretonian I think is cool because he comes back as it's just the Green Knight again. When I said they were Arthurian legends too, he's just straight mm-hmm. up called the Green Knight. He's a green ghost knight that shows up and murders people and then goes somewhere else to do the same. Goes then he goes to goes for a nap and then he yeah. comes back. He's yeah. the only okay. cool Bretonian, and that's partially right. helped because he's dead. And the only good Bretonian is a just the conviction you like said that at. that was amazing oh i'm gonna clip that somewhere my rage is strong and unending towards this <laughs> a, aside from that uh, the last way they're larpers is their god the lady of the lake it's just the elven god lilith yep yeah I, I remember your video about bretonia and i was like oh so she was just like she's this very good at just covering yep. her ears she's with, like a cloth pretty much manipulating them uh, to her own ends. Uh, The Wood Elves are also manipulating them to their own ends. Sometimes would it be fair to say that they're an army of simps? Pretty much, yeah, for the Lady (laughs) of the Lake Bathwater. And that's not even a joke. Maybe if I fight enough for her, she'll like, she'll go out with me. (laughs) Yeah, because the highest Bretonian nobles are called Grail Knights, and they get that by drinking from the Grail that like the prophet of the lady of the lake gives them i don't remember her uh, name because i don't like remembering bretonian lore so i think i've just ejected her <laughs> from my system she has an okay. official title not important it's bretonian it's never important doesn't matter yeah so and then they get they basically become like super superheroes super powered knights they drink the bath water of the lady of the lake to, yep. to get stronger <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't stop them from having their head torn off by an imperial cannonball though so, you know, mm, mm. way to go. You become, you can lift twice as much as anyone. I have a gun. Yeah. Full horse, bro. Cannon go boom. Yeah. Yeah. The Empire, basically. Yep. <laughs> and uh, relations between the Empire and Bretonia, they waver between at one point the Bretonia is trying to conquer the Empire. Sometimes they're friends because they're the only humans in the area that are relevant. There are okay. other humans, but that's more of Games Workshop going. Uh, these places don't get an army. So, that's Bretonia. I'd like to move on. <laughs> Please do. Uh, I'm not going to move too far from the world, because if you see where kind of where the A in Bretonia is, it ends. Yeah. That's Athel Lauren, which is where the oh, Wood yeah. Elves lived. So when the Very Hyle, small. Indeed. Uh, but it's uh, it's bigger on the inside, shall we say. Uh, it's the TARDIS of Warhammer it's Fantasy. not far <laughs> off in some ways. Because it's always been a magical force, and before chaos invaded the world, it had roots across the entire planet. And in some places, it does still branch up, which means you could be sailing in the ocean, you take a rest stop on an island, and then there's angry elves shooting arrows at you while the trees come to life and butcher butcher you. Uh, So they're they're around, but they're mostly in Atholoran, the wood elves. And when chaos invaded, Atholoran stuck out of it for a bit, but the High Elf Queen at the time went there, took her kids to keep them safe from chaos. And the, her kids go back to uh, Ulthuan, where the rest of the High Elves are. But that's their first little interaction with the Elves. After this is all done, when said, the Elves colonize pretty much most of the world. The Dwarves may have had the mountains, but like the Empire, Bretonia, all the Old World, all across Araby, 
the Badlands, even some of the places like that Lost Isle of Tor Alithis. That's an elven colony. They went everywhere. So you're saying it's it's like a parallel with Warhammer 40k where at first the elves owned pretty much everything, then they dwindled, then humanity kind of took up from what was left behind? Or... Not, a, not too far off. That It hmm. is kind of like that is a bit of a parallel. Although the elves, what did them in wasn't this big, uh, you know, they didn't wasn't Wait, a lust demon. They did not literally screw <laughs> themselves over, although Slash does still like mm. elf souls in this universe. It was okay. the elves and dwarfs uh, because of that idiot Phoenix King. They got in a big punch-up. Oh. and the biggest punch-up. The elven colonists were recalled to Ulthuan after the war was over, but they didn't go home instead because what they did was they went to Athaloran to keep themselves from the dwarfs and the chaos demons and the orcs and the all of the problems this world has. Okay. And they made a deal. The forest said, you can live in here because the forest is alive. It's a magical fantasy forest. Of course it's alive. You can live in here and in exchange uh, when it's the winter months and just in general, but especially the winter months when the forest goes dormant, you got to keep us safe. Need to feed the squirrels because they're going to go hungry. <laughs> Pretty much. And that's going to find some almonds. <laughs> the wood elves and Apple Lauren for the, fi the thousands and thousands of years they've existed. They have not changed pretty much in the slightest. Okay. They are. They make the dwarves look friendly and outgoing with their isolationism. They do <laughs> not want to leave their forest unless they absolutely have to. And to be fair, they rarely have to. Because, mm. again, magical forest, they're elves, they live long as hell anyway. Why leave? Mm. Uh, as for Athalorn itself, every, uh, every year, a wood elf goes into the Oak of Ages, which is the big tree at the center of it. Okay. And he goes in, and he becomes the god of the, the demigod of the hunt, Orion. And, which is an incarnation of the elven god Kurnos. And then he leaves, and then he declares it's time for the wild hunt, and what that means is sometimes they well, they hunt, pretty self-explanatory. They go out and hunt beastmen, or what they like to do is they go out and just ransack a couple Bretonian towns. Hmm. It, uh, it is There's a Witcher-free crossover joke there somewhere. Probably. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they go out and they try to hound a lady called Ciri. She's got special powers or something. And I believe they are elves in the Wild Hunt, so yeah, Indeed. another parallel. Indeed. Mm. Uh, but mm. the, the Wood Elves are definitely a lot more fey than, like, elven. Like, the High Elves, mm. they're, they're High Elves, just taking the extreme, same with the Dark Elves. The Wood Elves are just insane, like, old mythic fey tales, where mm. one will come out, take your children, and then burn your house down because it's funny to them. Oh, nice, charming. Uh, they're, in, they're, they're insane. <laughs> And the, the forest okay. doesn't help this because the forest has the dryads, you know, the ants. They're called, like, tree guard, but they're ants. Uh, okay. And uh, unlike Lord of the Rings, where, you know, they're slow to anger, anger but slower to forgive, mm. uh, they're just always angry. <laughs> All the time. Angry trees. Angry and, trees gonna get you. And just... Just to really hammer it home, let's say you're a you're a random peasant. You walk into Athelorin. Mm -hmm. You the they might treat you to the most glorious feast you've ever had. And then you leave, and five hundred years have passed, and also all of those years catch up to you the moment you leave the forest boundaries. 
Oh, wow. So you rapidly age and die. Oh no. Other times. Oh, also this this took like five minutes in inside of it. By the way. Oh. Okay. O- other times it's the reverse. You're in there for like eighty years. You leave an old man. You walk outside. Your mom's like, "Little Timmy, it's time for dinner," and she's like, "What?" <clears throat> because little Timmy is now old Timothy. Yeah, he's uh, Timothy of Lothlorien, and he has a big, mighty beard. Yeah, indeed. And just, it's just uh, magical shenanigans in that forest. Usually they're malicious uh, for <laughs> anyone going in there with ill intent, or not an ill intent. The forest doesn't like intruders in this place. Mm-hmm. So that's Athlor and the Wood Elves. Crazy tree people, mm-hmm. crazy tree huggers. Don't piss them off. Because Lots of almond milk. Indeed. <laughs> Despite the fact that they're hippies, they're good at magic, good at archery, and have no problem eating you. <laughs> and they don't pay taxes. Indeed. Right. There are no taxes in Atheloran. There's just yeah. killing random people and giving their blood to the earth. Ooh, nasty. Indeed. To move on, Estalia. It's Spain. Estalia. Couldn't it's, have guessed. Uh, it's, it's another one of those places, like, it's background lore. At one point, Araby conquered it. Bretonia waged a crusade to take it back. Beat up Araby. That that's that's pretty much it. There's not much there. Okay, Spaniards in fantasy. Cool, done. To go to, <laughs> to go to the right and down a bit. Talia, it's Renaissance hey. Italy. Hey, Italia. It's pretty it's the same things, pretty much. They did Patrick have this... and Felix went there and they ordered a pizza. Hooray! Pretty much, they have met in Talia. Talia. Tilea? I don't know how you say Leia? it. T-I-L-E-A. Tilea. Tilea. It's, uh... It's... <laughs> Spanish. Balls. <laughs> not... Not too much there. There's a little bit more lore. But mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it is. There's also, in even smaller text, you can't see the border kingdoms right next to Tilea. To okay. the right. That's basically Games Workshop went... You want to make your own little homebrew faction of humans? Build them there. Right. It's like there's just thousands of princedoms of varying size. It exists. It thousands. like the intent it of it. Hmm? It looks. It looks a bit too small to have thousands of them there, but it's well. Some of them. Games... They're like the Holy Roman Empire, where like a fiefdom is like a castle and the land around it, and that's technically it's like its a own castle independent with state. In it. Yeah. It's like we are a state. Okay. Some of them are a of bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and one other thing to take note of, I should have mentioned this earlier, is that the Warhammer world, fantasy world, is about twice as big as Earth. Oh. So, okay. like, you're, the Empire, super Germany in terms of Mega size. Germany. It's very, it's very big. <laughs> mm. So that's that's why there can be thousands. It's the home area. Yeah. There is Norska. You can't grow anything. Imagine if you could grow even less. <laughs> Thanks. You have twice the land to grow nothing in. You have twice the barren land. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> and it's going to take twice as long to get to anywhere with some actual resources. Yep. Thanks. But that does mean twice as many imperial citizens to murder. Hmm. It give to corn. Guess so. Uh, there is a, a was a mercenary faction called the Dogs of War, that were basically Ooh. like every race had their own little mercenary. Even orcs, there were orc mercenaries you could wield together in this mishmash army, which is a really cool idea. But that's an old army. I don't mm. think they're quite as old as Kislev was, but not far behind. 
so they haven't gotten much love. I'm just so. imagining them being led by an eye-patched leader and his lieutenant going, why are we here? Just to suffer. You can't feel my leg. It's like, ah, they're like diamond dogs. Oh, dogs of war. Oh, fun. That'll be a solid reference. Anyway, don't mind me. Oh, not at all. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, so I know a bit brief, but it's pretty much what it is. Tylea, mm -hmm. Renaissance era, Italian city-states, Estalia, Spain, border princes, have at it, homebrew lore yep. writers. As for going between Estalia and Tylea, though, there's a very, very important settlement there. It used to be called Kavzar. It was a human and dwarf settlement. Allied, uh, they lived together in harmony, which is probably the only time that ever happened in the Warhammer world. Okay. And then they wanted to build their own Tower of Babel. They wanted to build a tower oh, as high no. as they could. This, to be fair, wasn't to reach the gods. It was to honor the gods. They still built it too tall. They hit the Minecraft build height. They couldn't build it oh. any taller. Oh, dear. One day, a stranger approached them and said, Hey, I can finish your tower. Just let me put an offering to my gods on top of it. And they oh, said, no. oh, Why not? Now, this is a... The uh, the tale, there's a couple ways this could have gone down. The stranger might have just been evil. The dwarves and the humans might have shorted him payment in some other way. Mm -hmm. Either way, uh, once the tower is completed, the grand opening ceremony is done. The bell rings 13 times. And uh, things start going bad. It starts raining warp stone, which is, imagine if chaos was a rock. Oh, uh, it's, it's raining boulders, everyone. Oh, not again. It's, yeah, it's pretty much raining radioactive uh, hell rock, oh. like uranium, if uranium also okay. had demon energy inside of it. Right. And uh, if you don't haven't guessed where this is going, you probably will be able to guess. Rats started swarming the streets and getting bigger oh, no. and bigger and bigger. Oh, and, no. That's and, where Skaven come from? Yep. At one point, oh, no. this got to the point where the humans banged on the dwarf portion of the city because the, the, the dwarves still live underground. They're still dwarves. Mm. They're like, let us in, let, please, for the love of God. And the dwarf said, no, go away, quit being babies. The dwarf said, you didn't pay me for when <laughs> I, I, I let you borrow my milk for your cup of tea and you didn't give it back. And it's like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> and that person's grudge was never forgotten. Nope. Uh, they came back the sec a, a second night, though. Like, hey, can we come in now? And the dwarves are like, uh, yeah, we don't. Uh, so the answer's still no. Also, we don't have anything to feed you with. Rats ate all of our food. Oh. Uh, and then they tried again the third night. They didn't ask this time. They just bashed the door down. And then they opened the door. And then there were, there were a lot of very big. Uh, there were a lot of dwarf skeletons and a lot oh. of very big man sized rats. Oh, so it's like Moria plus rats. Indeed. Cool. And then the city gained a new name, Skavenblight. Oh no! The capital of the Skaven Empire. It's right in the like. This is the thing. All these useless places are really far away from where chaos is. Like, if they were higher up, okay, that'll be fine. They'll take care of the rat problem. They'll take care of the French people. They'll take care of these annoying. Pe it's like, no, right in the middle. Nope. Nurtured between the borders of people actually fighting chaos. Nope. Typical. And it's kind of hard to tell, but there's also a mountain range right above Skavenblight, geographically speaking. Okay. So they can't just march down and attack it. And Ugh. even ignoring that, it's all surrounded by the worst swamp ever. 
So oh. if you try and invade, you're drowning in the swamp, to say nothing of the oh. rats that would very much prefer you didn't do that. Mm. As for the Skaven themselves, because aside from this, they're everywhere, pretty much. Uh, there's many words to describe them. Cowardly, verminous, numerous. The best word is asshole. <laughs> Okay. Because aside from being evil, they won't do anything if it doesn't make them just the biggest prick on the planet. Mm. Like, they they hate everyone. This includes other Skaven. They just hate mm -hmm. other people slightly more than Skaven. I can't emphasize right. that slightly enough because the favorite thing for a Skaven to do is just stab someone in the, their superior in the back and take his place. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. everyone below him is doing that to him. It's a right. conga line of betrayal. That being right. said, the reason they haven't wiped themselves out is because, again, they breed like rats, funnily enough. <laughs> there will never be more Skaven. Or there will always be more Skaven, pardon me. Yeah. Uh, they outnumber everyone in the old world by a factor of ten. Oh. Uh, they're under pretty much every city. They were building a nuke under the capital of the Empire at one point. <laughs> like the escalation. I'm not, I'm, they're really annoying. They hold grudges. They built a nuke. Sorry, what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. They have nuclear weapons. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why not? Uh, as for what, powered by that warp stone, by the way, just because it wasn't evil enough, it had to be powered by Hell Rock. Oh. Right. Uh, they they believe it is worth more than gold. In fact, they don't think gold is worth anything, but they still mine it. Can you guess why? Why? The entire reason, and this is, I'm just gonna read it. I think word for word from the uh, the Warhammer Total War flavor text for the gold mine. It's, okay. although the Skaven themselves have no use for gold, they mine it purely to inconvenience the other races. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're going to lay traps with it. It's like, no, we just want to take no. it away so yeah. you can't have it's, it. It's, we'll it's, put it in a big vault where we don't do anything to it. Like, oh, it's just that what they, they just take it just so no one else can have it. Yeah. Like, oh, I need, it's like, I'm going to take your dialysis machines. I don't need it. We've got loads of them. Yeah. Enough to be you. And they they tunnel underground. They have it's called the Under Empire. It's even deeper mm -hmm. than the dwarves or the goblins. It's Ooh. if you dig deep, you're not gonna find treasure. You're gonna find rats. Mm -hmm. And uh, these rats don't like you because they have Halo energy weapons. <laughs> oh no! They're called Ratling guns. I, I that's, oh, that's I've heard great. about them. Yeah, which is a great pun. I like yeah, that. It's beautiful. Uh, the only reason they don't take over the world, because they have the numbers and the technology, is because the backstabbing thing for one, it, it, that's, it's really, that's the reason. They fight each other more often than anyone mm. else. And even when they're on the cusp of victory, they will betray each other. So yeah. the guy they can't that, unify long enough to not kill each other. Yeah. The only real time they've ever unified truly was when Nagash rose, the great necromancer. And that was mm. only because... Skaven corpses work just as well for for other as other corpses for necromancer purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were like, we can't keep killing each other because otherwise he's going to show up and wave his hand and then we're going to have to deal with that. Mm. Aside from that, they've never been truly unified. I just like the idea of like a rattling, uh, rattling a Skaven being born and he's like a brand new baby and his rat mother is like what a cute little skaven and he's just got a knife ready and he's going stab it's like thanks mum and off he goes it's like what a little git <laughs> like no loyalty at all nope they will kill each other in the womb if they can oh dear me 
Uh, also, I'm not going to talk about it. Feel free to look up how Skaven uh, women are treated and Skaven are born. Mm. I'm not getting oh, yeah. into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go down that rabbit it's hole. It's about <laughs> on the same level as the Demonculaba. <laughs> well, Skaven hole, I should say. Yeah. Not, we'll not keep that away. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, run through just a few quick ones real quick. You see where it says the Badlands? Yep. Orcs. Orcs, orcs, orcs. And uh, they're pretty much 40k orcs. Uh, spelled with the C, not a K, and they're slightly less technologically advanced relative to the setting. Aside from that, red still makes you go faster. Gork and Mork still want the wah. Uh, anything in front of them is probably not going to be around for much longer, especially the main biggest special orcs character. Biggest orcs are the best, bestest orcs. Yeah, like, I'm the best orc because I'm the biggest one. Yeah, pretty standard orcs. Uh, there's Grimgur Ironhide, who uh, anything he's fighting it dies. Uh, <laughs> I've got no other way to put it. He only mm. he was killed by Archeon in the end times because Archeon had to pull out all the stops and also Games Workshop wanted the setting to end. <laughs> uh, right, we've got to do it. But he did uh, he did kind of get even with that because in the storm of chaos before the end times event, uh, Grimgor headbutted Archeon in the balls and snuck Ooh. up on him and pulled the victory out that way. Wow. Victory uh, so, by bullhead, bud. Yeah. Uh, nice. But that's the Badlands. There's a couple, like, necromancers around there. There's a very, very small amount of dwarf colonies, especially near the... Or not really colonies. What's left of their mm -hmm. empire in the mountains. Mostly it's just orcs and goblets. Right. The Darklands? Chaos dwarfs. Oh, of course. Uh, they have their own little empire. They don't do much. I imagine with Total War, kind of, uh, they're going to be the first major DLC that's uh, going to change. I think they're going to be in the old world as well. And they have been around. Like, they created, they're called the Black Orcs, which were supposed to be orc slaves. The problem with making a bigger, tougher orc is that you've made a bigger, tougher orc mm. uh, that's also smarter. So those guys just rebelled and left. Okay. Aside from that, they're dwarves but evil. They're really good at technology. They can actually use magic because dwarves, for the most part, can't use magic. Right. They have to like make artifacts. Pardon my insulin pump beeping there. <laughs> I mean... Surprise guest okay. appearance. <laughs> Featuring insulin pump. Um, the uh, only thing is, I'm just thinking, do the, do the grudges that the dwarves have fuel the chaos powers that they have? Uh, they don't fuel the chaos powers... They, uh, there's not as much of an emphasis on grudges, I don't believe, with the Chaos Dwarves. Oh. They still have them. They're still dwarves. But they're evil anyway. They were going to invade you regardless mm. for slaves. This, that just I like the idea that maybe they get less of a grudge when they become more evil. They're like, I don't care. I'm actually more peaceable in an ironic way. Also, here's my axe. Donk. So it's I'm, in your forehead. I'm still going <laughs> to cut your head off, but now it's for evil reasons, not just because Yeah, yeah. Sure there's no emotion behind penny. it. It's just, I need to do it. Yeah, it's just, listen, yeah. man, I need more slaves. You're in the way. Get out. Yeah. Uh, right next to the Darklands, uh, you have the Mountains of Morn and the Ogre Kingdoms. That's where the Ogres are. Oh, uh, of course. Why wouldn't they be in the Ogre Kingdom? Yeah, that makes sense. They are everywhere on the planet because Ogres love to hire themselves off as mercenaries. But okay. that's where the the biggest concentration of ogres are. Uh, they're pretty simple to cover. The old ones created them much like other races. And they uh, almost had no flaws. They were resistant to chaos. They weren't like the dwarves who were so set in their ways that they were pretty easy to wrong foot. Mm -hmm. They weren't kind of frail like the elves were. 
and they weren't like mankind who would often just put their ambition and join chaos willingly. Right. Uh, the problem was they had a hell of an appetite, and before the old ones could fix that, chaos invaded and the old ones ran away. Oh. So we have... And the old ones couldn't fully finish setting their environment up around them because they would also do that for the races, give them the perfect place to live. Okay. And they didn't do that for the ogres. So the ogres just walked around eating everything. Uh, they ate the <laughs> just hungry boys. Yeah. They ate the giants, who were another thing the oh. old ones created. The giants used to be these super advanced, literate, like, cultural renaissance place. Ogres, okay. ogres ate them. And then all of a sudden, nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Giants are like, what's that? Ow, my foot, my leg. Ow, pretty, ow. Pretty much. It. It's like the giants were a lot bigger, but there were a lot more ogres. <laughs> but they were more hungry yeah. than their height. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, they went to Katha at one point. The Grand Emperor launched a meteor into the ground, and that created the ogre's oh. god, the Great Maw. And then my it, word. it also cursed the ogres to never be full. So now they're always hungry. <laughs> And that's pretty much life as an ogre. They walk around, things, they like to fight, they mostly like to eat more than anything. They're uh, they're pretty simple. I love them, though. They're very fun mm. ogres. Just give them a buffet and they still won't be satisfied. That's quite sad. To quickly, let's uh, finish off the eastern bit of the map real quick. Cathay, <laughs> China. Uh, China. It, it is. It is just getting, China. It is getting a lot more lore, and it's read by a. It's led by a dragon emperor who's worshipped as a god by his oh, people. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. He says, "Don't call Check him a god. Out. He's not a god." Uh, does that re remind you of anything, Andy? Mm hmm. Yeah. A little bit. And I guess they don't technically call him a god, but they 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 worship him like a god. It's it's pretty clear what's going on here. Any, uh, do they have a big impact on the setting, or are they more just they're, they're just there? They were background for the longest time. They have, they've had one of those things where it's like, if you think about it, it is a very great setting or like impact, but because it's mm. not developed at all, you can't get a feel for that. They have yeah. their own Great Wall of China called the Great Bastion that keeps those oh, Mongol chaos invaders out of the oh yeah Cathay, and they uh. And supposedly, like, millions of Chaos Invaders go there instead of the old world to invade. It's just, again, right. if you think about it, that's huge, but it's it's almost never yeah. developed on. So, so for all we know, that they could be doing the lion's share of killing demons and Chaos yeah, yes, and we don't know about it. As far as we know, they're, doing, they're putting in so much legwork, but until recently, they've had very little lore. Yeah, they're like the wise guys, like, they're doing a, they're doing a lot of stuff, but they're not getting any appreciation for it. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. They've uh, they're Asian. Ugh. They've got all sorts of things, you know, very cool things. They're uh, they have the dra the Dragon Emperor's sons and daughters rule Cathay okay. instead, while he's working on his own master plan. There's another Emperor of Mankind uh, parallel. Mm -hmm. He uh, it, there's a lot of people. It's Cathay. It's the largest human civilization in the setting. Just again, it's until recently gotten almost no lore. Mm. And it's it's fantasy China. The dragons mm -hmm. are they're eastern dragons with the long tails, no real wings. Uh, very cool, very cool stuff. And as it's getting expanded more upon, it's uh, we're learning more stuff, and it's really cool lore. It's just for the basics of it. It's fantasy China, billion millions mm. and millions, if not over a billion people there. They've got a big mm. wall. They're very I advanced mean, technology, it, but they kind of keep to themselves. Yeah, it, it kind of again, it's like that parallel of like history of the world where it's like china we 
China was so far away and they had literature and they had all these things before anyone else. They were so advanced. And it's just like, and then like Europe and stuff like, had no idea they existed. They were like, oh, they're just over there. It's fine. <laughs> so while, while we were still like, where, like warring with like axes and face paints and China's there, like we've, we've, we've developed poetry and civilization. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, pretty much. They did trade yeah. with the tomb kings, uh, Nehekara, before they were all skeletons. Mm -hmm. uh, but aside from also, uh, <laughs> the tomb kings might have given them vampirism in return. I'm guessing uh, the tomb kings are our Necron. They're, yeah, they're the closest to the Necrons. Uh, and okay. the, the big Necron rework that gave them all personalities pretty much turned them into space tomb kings, which is a change yeah. I think is great. Uh, <clears throat> but to really finish off the area, Cathay, like I said, Fantasy China, Kingdom of Ind, it's India, and there's all the lore <laughs> I have for you. They have, a, uh, it's called the Thousand, Liv Thousand Living Gods of Ind. Uh, so their gods are walking around doing Ganesh stuff. Ganesh is one of them. <laughs> Probably. Mm. Uh, they, uh, there's a, be there's a, a bit of a question over whether or not it's actually beastmen being those gods. But they seem benevolent for the most part. So even if they are chaos-corrupted right. beastmen, they seem to be good folk. Okay. Uh, they trade. That's about it. The Hinterlands of Koresh. So anyway, Nippon, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be totally Nippon, honest. I could, I could not for the life of me tell you what's in Koresh. It's, it's not developed. There's nothing there. There's presumably people. For learning about Warhammer Fantasy World, these three places are so unimportant, which is a shame, but they really are. Koresh is like, it gets the gold medal of who cares. Which, there's a lot of room for cool stuff they could do, given that they always yeah, base it off... bigger of, than the Empire. <laughs> yeah, and given that they always base it off of, like, historical cultures for these areas, you do a lot of cool stuff there. They haven't. Mm. No, of course not. As for Nippon, it's... They taught the Skaven how to be ninjas. Uh, Clan Eshin of the Skaven. Why would they do that? They're not really helpful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an answer for you. I'm guessing the Skaven were a bit sneakier there, a little bit, for some reason, more polite. Light they, they taught the Skaven how to be ninjas. Uh, oh, Nippon, why'd you do that? Aside from that, there's really not too much. They have a big navy. Sometimes they fight the Dark Elves navy. That's, okay. again, kind of it. That's why I can brush through this real quick. There's not too much here. Okay. Uh, let's switch way back over to the left. Middle, I should say. Africa. Araby. Arabia. It's, uh, there's a bit more lore than other places, not too much. They have a sultanate. Uh, the sultan was called the uh, evil sorcerer Jafar. I'm not making Ooh. that up. It's, it's just Aladdin. Wow, Disney are calling. They want their yeah. you know, Aladdin plagiarism The mouse out. is coming for you, GW. Mm. Uh, aside from that, uh, he was the one who launched that crusade into Astalia and the, before Bretonia beat them back up. And that's, uh, oh, uh, Gotchik and Felix, Felix helped stage a coup there once, which it says something about them that that wasn't even close to the most impressive thing they've ever done. <laughs> that was just a weekend a revolution. Yeah, that was, uh, we, we got woke up there drunk and they were like, what are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. Uh, stage a rebellion. So we go into that place, get some breakfast for free while the chaos is going and we can bugger off. Yeah, yeah cool. Good idea. Gotchik didn't have a monster to kill in the next five minutes. So we figured, oh, I mean, this will be fun to do. <laughs> Yeah. As for the land of the dead is what it's called on the map. Right. Nehekara would be the proper term. This is a 
the old ones, this is where at least I believe, is where they originally put humans. They might have put them in both, you know, the Empire region, Bretonia, and here. But Nehekara became a civilization while the Empire was still just tribes. Sigmar was not around yet. And they were ancient Egypt. Again, at the end of the day, to quickly sum it up, they were ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, at least the popular conception of ancient Egypt, obsessed with death, stuff like that. And then, you know, they had different varying dynasties warring with each other, sometimes united, sometimes not. And then uh, a man named Cetra the Imperishable came around. Him and his many titles united the region. He formed the greatest empire of man ever seen on the planet before Karl Franz. Had to get uh, that one in there. Okay. And he tried to conquer as much of the world as possible, but he couldn't because aging was the only opponent he could never defeat. Uh. He extended his lifespan by hundreds of years, but that's still not immortal. So he died, he gave his uh, priest instructions find a way to bring him back to life with his uh, glorious, wonderful body. And then he, that was Cetra's uh, tale for now. Then Nagash came about, who someone's called the Great Necromancer. You can probably guess what he's about. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he bankrupted Cetra's old uh, capital of Khemri, uh, waged a war against all of the Tomb Kings at once. He did lose, but he pretty much ruined the entire country. Uh, he found Skaven. He fought Skaven. Skaven decided they didn't want to deal with him anymore, so they made a truce. He came back to Nehekara, found out that someone had stolen his notes and created vampires from it. Oh. Uh, Don't because, you hate it when that happens? Yeah, because that's just how powerful this guy was. The vampires are an accidental result of someone finding what he has written. He's been looking in my journal again. Pretty, oh. pretty much that. Uh, he figured, well, you're all under my control now, and he invaded Nehekara again cast a spell that killed everyone in it but uh, this one guy. He needed that one guy to be the focal point so he couldn't kill him quite yet. The Skaven gave that one guy a magical sword, stabbed Nagash with it. That one guy died. Nagash can't really die. He just goes away for a while. He goes to take a nap in the break room. Mm -hmm. And then all the Tomb Kings that died rose up as skeletons. Or if they just died, they still had flesh, but when you don't have a nervous system or anything but magically animated bones, <laughs> all of the fleshy bits kind of fall off until you are just a skeleton in the end. So Okay. Uh, the, all the Tomb Kings at once woke up. Imagine if every single king of England and queen woke up at once and started fighting for the throne. <laughs> uh, except, except the king and queen of act England actually matters in this scenario. They're not just Ooh. there to be decoration. <laughs> mm, true. Uh, my my apologies to the Queen of England. I'm sure this insult cuts deep from this random person. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so Setcher woke back up. The first thing he did was exile his head, like priest, because he didn't find him a golden body to inhabit yet. The a next thing he one. did was Who's that specific. It's like, where's oh, yeah. my golden? He wanted a glorious not... golden body. What is this made of? Pewter. Get lost. Yep. Get a proper one. <laughs> He didn't have that yet. He just had his mummy body, which, to be fair, is more than any of the skeletons had, but still kind of gross. Mm. Uh, and then he knocked everyone's head together and said, you can either serve me, I don't care if you fight each other, but when I come calling, you better damn well answer, or mm. I'm going to cut your head off and use it as ammunition in a catapult. And Why because not? two yeah. kings regenerate, you're, the rest of your existence is catapult ammo. Oh. Uh, so people listen to him, and that's pretty much Nehekara. It's filled with undead Egyptians 
walking around. The the warriors and lower down on uh, the cast have pretty much no autonomy. They mindlessly do what they did in life. And then, like the Necrons, the Tomb Kings themselves have crazy, whack rivalries and personalities. Mm. And one of the Tomb Kings really wanted to bang Felix. <laughs> okay. And Gotrick even said, if she wasn't thousands of years dead, you would be marrying her. You do not have a say in the matter. <laughs> How did Felix think about all this? Was he interested? He, 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 was, he was all over the place in that book. <laughs> he was terrified, and then he was terrified for a different reason, and I'm sure that at some point he was covering his... He was crossing his legs just a bit. I feel like, like, I don't really know much about Felix, but I feel like him being terrified is like the default setting of what he gets up to. It is suffering being Felix Jaeger. <laughs> you do not want to be Felix Jaeger. He reminds me of Dandelion from The Witcher. That, that's basically him. <laughs> not, yeah, Dandelion, except Felix, he's, he's a bit better in a fight. Felix is actually yeah. really good. He's a really strong warrior, and people look up to him, and he has no idea why. It's just hmm. he's, he's next to the living blender that is Gotrick. Anyone's going to look kind of weak next to that. Yeah. Yeah. But Felix did slay a dragon at one point, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then Gotrick was like, huh, I've slain seven. Like, oh, of course you have. <laughs> probably. Mm. probably. That was probably like the moment the book ended. He was like, nice job, man. Like, I've, you've they caught, first you've slew caught... a dragon when I was four years so, old. You caught like, up oh, to God. me from 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Now, choked it with my rattle. <laughs> to finish off the uh, old world before we get it to the Americas and the donut, <laughs> uh, the Southlands is southern Africa. There's not too much there. There's a lot of lizard men, so I guess I can just cover luster while I'm at it. There's a lot okay. of the lizard men. Uh, there's a lost dwarf colony or hold called Carrick Zorn that was lost contact with. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably destroyed in fantasy, like original lore. Because the last thing they heard of, they were fighting lizardmen, and it didn't seem like they were doing too well. Right. And then thousands of years, no one's heard of them. In Total Warhammer, this one dwarf called Thor Ironbrow just finds them and leads his faction from there. What? Uh, Wait, he takes control of the lizardmen? No, of the uh, that lost oh. dwarf hold called Carol. Oh, okay, right, right. He's, I was about to say, that'd be interesting. He just finds them, he's like, well... I guess I'm in charge now, and everyone just kind of goes along with it, because he's the first... <laughs> Any objections? Yeah, punch in the face. Any more objections? No? That's what okay, I thought. Let's go. He's, the, he's hmm. the first dwarf they've seen that wasn't their like brother or sister in 5,000 years that they <laughs> took what they could get. <laughs> They're like, hmm, new blood. Mm. And speaking of, of lizard men, let's go to South America, Lustria. I can kind of... Both these continents can be covered one at a time, because it's not like the okay. old world where there's so much stuff on it. Kind of blank. Uh, that's where the Lizardmen are. The Lizardmen are led by the Slan, and they were created by the Old Ones to prepare the world for what the Old Ones wanted it to be. Uh, they diff had different jobs. There's the little lizards called the Skinks. They're they're like the, the tradesmen. Like if you need someone okay. to build something or you know make some coins or carve sim like carved ruins and text into something, the Skinks mm -hmm. do it. There's a step up for them is the Croxigors, which are crocodiles, alligator lizardmen. Uh, they're not the brightest, although they live long enough because they are all technically biologically immortal. Oh, they, that's uh, useful. They get a bit more intelligent, and even if they're not intelligent, it's a big, dumb, angry crocodile. So <laughs> they're used for manual labor and then smashing whatever 
angers a slant's head in. Uh, there's the Saurus, who are... Imagine just a, a humanoid dinosaur the size of a space marine wielding a oh. club with built-in scale armor. I was going to say, if you were going to say wielding a bolter, I'd have been very, very upset. They don't but no, have, a club. <laughs> they don't have bolters, but they do have T-Rexes. Oh, okay. Uh, Why not? Yeah. yeah. So the Saurus are the military, and again, Saurus lives long enough. He can rise up to become a commander. And then there's the Slan for the main lizardmen. That's the end of the caste system. They're at the top. The mm. rest of the lizardmen were created by the old ones to do like just menial things. Like the Saurus were supposed to genocide all of the races the old ones didn't want hanging around, which they did, except for the orcs, because you can't keep a good orc <laughs> down. Oh, I love them. The Slan were the people who are the best wizards in the planet, like the High Elves, with a few exceptions, have nothing on the Slan. And with every generation, like first to second, they get a bit weaker. Uh, but the first could magically move the planet closer and farther from the sun at will. Wow. And then the second can only do things like make mountain ranges just spontaneously appear. Well, only. You say yeah, only. Only. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, yeah, it's that's, a step down. That's the, that's, but still. <laughs> that's the scale we're working on with these guys. Mm. And no uh, new slaughter being made, though. So the Lizardmen leaders are always dying out. There's no living first-generation Slan left, although there is right. one whose spirit just kind of hanging around his corpse. Uh, he's very, he's He likes to make suns appear over people's head, and that, that goes about as well as you'd expect for him. Yeah. And there's one second generation left and less and less of the further down generations as you go. They, uh, since the old ones were kind of their guiding everything they go through the plaques of the old ones because they live in a jungle paper rots away pretty quick when it's that humid gold okay. does not tarnish so they look <clears> at the old ones golden plaques to figure out the great plan of the old ones to figure out what are we supposed to be doing because you guys are gone and we have no idea what's going on <clears throat> uh, that's the main reason they fight other races if they fight chaos it's usually because like a slum looked into sat around meditating for a hundred years. They do that, by the way, to make sure they get the answer right. Mm -hmm. And then they wake them and go, this chaos invasion here needs to not be around anymore. And then they wrangle up their T-Rexes and Stegalodons and whatever else you can think of. The Stegalodons also have orbital sun lasers powered by magic on top of them. <laughs> I felt I should just bring that up really quick. Wow. That's really cool. It's awesome. <laughs> why? Are, why have they not conquered all of the all of the world? And that they've got that. It's, like, oh, we can do all these crazy things. It's mostly just because they rarely act if they aren't one hundred and ten percent certain this is what the old ones wanted. Oh, the last okay. second generation Slon, his name is Mazdamundi. He's a bit more proactive, but he still spends a lot of time sleeping. And aside oh. from that, for the most part, they're willing to stay in Lustria. Okay. Uh, when chaos invaded. The High Elves were the ones who solved the problem, but the Lizardmen did the bulk of the fighting. Like, if you went to Lustria during the Chaos Invasion, it was billions of Lizardmen fighting billions of demons. It was mm. the coolest thing and, you would have ever seen. And the seen. High Elves were there just going, yes, yes, um, well done, well done. Um, let us know how you do. <laughs> That's just the High Elves. Just, I don't want to be, oh, be over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, we'll, I, we'll see how you go. I can't blame them, to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to yeah. step foot in the Thunderdome. Tag us in if you need us. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there's a there's some lost 
Lostalism in cities, they have, compared to the elves and dwarfs, they haven't lost quite as much. Mm. But they're still definitely on the losing front. But to go up a bit to the good old US of A, we have <laughs> Nagaroth. That's where the Dark Elves live. Mm -hmm. And to describe them, evil, evil, evil. Uh, <clears throat> the only thing worse than them are demons and the Skaven. And I guess Nagash, but this is a pretty, it's a pretty rut, like close-knit race for the top over here. They got uh, a big chunk of the map. They formed, I think I'll just talk about Ulthuan one at once uh, to wrap up really quick. This will be the last point. Uh, the High Elves were created, uplifted by the Old Ones. Their gods had always been around because apparently the Warhammer Elven gods are cyclical and they just, inv they just flee from one destroyed setting to the next. So their gods mm -hmm. were always around. But the old ones uplifted the rest of the elves themselves, taught them to be good at magic, tried to teach them to fight against chaos. And when the elves weren't the perfect fit for the job, turns out they figured, well, I guess we'll, you know, we'll still keep you around. We're not going to kill you. You can have your donut. <laughs> the donut is called Ulthwan, by the way, and it's not actually like a continent. It's like a boat, a land boat. Like underneath okay. it, there's, it doesn't reach to the ocean floor. It just floats on magic. Right, so it's essentially similar to the big, um, you know, on on in real world. There's that big island made of trash. That's not like it's like a landmass size, but it's not really. It's just a bunch of like floating, floating trash garbage. that's coalesced into yeah. a big island. It's like it's, that's all one, but that's prettier. that's all one, but yeah, it's prettier, and you can stand <laughs> on it without suffocating nice. in garbage. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, and life was good for the elves. They were. It's pretty much Atlantis crossed with the Garden of Eden. Okay. And then Chaos invaded, and while I did say the bulk of the Lizardmen were fighting the bulk of the demons, there's still a lot of demons left to go around, so they invaded Ulthuan, and then the High mm. Elves, because they'd been living in Paradise for a while, they had armies, but they didn't need them. They started fighting the demons and losing, and then one mad lad named Anarion grabbed the Sword of Cain, uh, I should add for, which is a Cain's sword, probably self-explanatory mm -hmm. in that one. The Elven God of War. Yep, uh, we know him from 40k. Indeed, he's a bit. He gets clapped by Ultramarines. He's a bit more <laughs> badass in fantasy. Yeah, uh, okay. He's an actual war god. Not <laughs> GW needs someone to be powerful. Have him kill Cain. Yeah. <laughs> be powerful, but like not that powerful. Like, oh, yeah. Cain, he's trying his best. Poor Cain. Uh, mm. So he grabbed Cain's sword, and I should add for reference that every single deity on the planet was telling Anarion, don't grab that sword, don't grab that oh, sword, no. it's so oh, obviously boy, cursed, no. don't do don't that do sword. Don't do it. Uh, including the Chaos Gods, I should add, they were like, they weren't even doing it to save their own skin, they are like, dude, I know you hate us, it's not worth it. <laughs> they were like, we know, you, we know you don't like us, we, we're saying, please no. Please, pretty please, like that's you, from us. You're, you're going to ruin everything you have going. Uh, that's coming from us. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for him, he was past the point of no return because uh, as far as he was concerned, Chaos just killed his wife and kids. Just like, I'm going to pick up the sword, Lamau. He's like, yep, nope, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and then he killed four greater demons at once. Ooh. Uh, so no one can say he's not a fighter. He got Ooh. on his dragon, flew back uh, to the top of Ulthuan, because he just, he just, I know I just summed it up, he's killed 40 greater demons. He just, he just walked around killing demons for a good few years. Mm. Uh, as, after those four greater demons, him and his dragon were mortally wounded. So he flew back to the top of Ulthuan, plunged the sword in the ground, left his armor there, and then him and his dragon just kind of left. 
Although he he shows up in Age of Sigmar as a ghost, so he's a. You could probably guess what happened to him. Mm. As for the High Elves, they realize that, oh, wow, the world's got a lot of problems. We should probably do something more than just sit on our island. So they colonize the world. Then the idiot Phoenix King pissed off the dwarves, and they both killed each other for a while. (sighs) But before that, I did say that the Dark Elves had a hand in that matter. The Dark Elves come from Anarian's secondary descendants, because his kids, like I said, his first kids still lived. He didn't know that, though, which is why he went berserk. Okay. Uh, Before he died, he married a woman named Marathi, evil dark elf sorcerer lady, and had a kid named Malekith. And when Anarian left, uh, they were trying to figure out who the Phoenix King is going to be, and Malekith was like, yeah, I bet, I I think I'm pretty good for the job. I mean, my dad was the guy (laughs) who just saved the world. Don't mean to brag too much. Yeah. Uh, But they told him, look, we respected the hell out of you. You're a great guy. Unfortunately, your skill set seems to start and end at being a murder hobo. We're going to like this guy instead. He seems to have a Mm -hmm. cool head. His mom wasn't happy with this because she wanted to rule by proxy through her kid. She was a great high elf Karen. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Malekith took it with good grace. He actually led some of the expeditions to the dwarfs to be friends with them. Uh, And he was best kings with one of the dwarf dwarf high king. Best friends with one Mm. of the dwarf kings. Right. Like actual friends, like they loved each other. Which is crazy. Elf and dwarf, let alone Warhammer Elf and Dwarf. And this is the guy who was like, Oh, I'm I'm yeah, I like a bit of killing and the dwarf's like, We like a bit of killing. Yeah, hey. we'll kill some orcs, and they're like, Yeah Yeah, probably wanna do that. Yeah. Uh he comes back to Ulthwan from his world travels, find out that a cult of Slanesh has sprung up, and he goes to deal with it, actually deal with it, not like oh, I'm just gonna go join it. Except Marathi uh, is the head of the cult, his mom. Uh, she eventually convinces him to join her side. They try and stage a rebellion. And to kick it off, Marathi and the rest of the elves, just the soon-to-be dark elves, start going nuts across Althuan, rebelling. Mm. And the Phoenix King calls Malekith, like, dude, I, you, I need your help. And Malekith says, no problem, man. All I need you to do, I want all of the nobles gathered in one spot by the Shrine of Assyrian so we can all come together and do this. And at this point, he hadn't revealed he was a little weasel yet. So the Phoenix King was like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can come together and work on this. And then uh, once he's there, Malekith tried to force the Phoenix King to drink poison. Uh, he tried to be gentle about it, like, first, like, you know, maybe maybe you should uh, maybe you should drink this. And Belshanar, the Phoenix King, was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that, man. You're being a bit sus. You're being a little bit weird here. Uh, and then he called the Phoenix King a traitor, except his proof for that was, dude, trust me on this. So <laughs> everyone assembled just looked at him like, all right, well, I guess we know who the traitor is now. Mm. Uh, so then he forced Belshinar to drink poison and then walked into the fire of Assyrian, which isn't as stupid as you might think, because the way that works is the Phoenix King-to-be walks into the fire, and if they're worthy, they're not harmed. Malekith. He does a Khaleesi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Almost. Uh, Malekith was not very worthy, and he became Kentucky Fried Elf. Oh, dear. He didn't die, but the fire stopped acting like just a cool, cool light source and started acting like fire again. Oh, no. So, High Elf Civil War happens, and during this time, it's just violence all on all sides, but the Dark Elves are losing the war. And Malekith comes up with one last plan. 
to enact a the undoing of a ritual. Because aside from Anarian stabbing elves, the another elven, uh, their strongest mage, the only one who could probably fight a slan and not explode in two seconds, mm. they made this giant vortex in the middle of Ulthuan, which would drain magic out of reality. Because otherwise, because okay. in uh, it's kind of like 40k, but especially in fantasy, if there's enough magic, demons can just be a thing. They can just appear. And since the old one's gates exploded, there's a lot of magic going around. Mm. So they had to drain that out, and that's what they did. And Malekith goes, well, if I can't be king, there won't be a kingdom anymore. And he goes to undo the vortex and just let magic oh. rain loose, and demons can come back to Volthuan and finish the job. Oh, dear. Uh, he actually does succeed in doing this, but to make sure the vortex wasn't going anywhere, all the elves that had a hand in creating it locked themselves inside of it. So once they were freed, they were just like, no, no, you're going to get the hell out of here now. And because this is in Warhammer, older is better. These were the oldest elf mages. They just shot him a bunch with magic and told him to go to hell. <laughs> and they brought the vortex back. About half of Ulthuan sank into the ocean. What are you going to do? And the Dark Elves ran to Nagaroth, and that's pretty much where they've been. Malekith has sat there for about 10,000 years trying and failing to retake Ulthuan. I've been playing the longest game of chess ever. In, indeed. One he keeps losing, mm. but he lives forever, so he Ugh. can lose as many times as he needs it's to. Like I've got time. So he just needs Your to move. win once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was when, uh, in between now and the modern times, is when he started the war between elves and dwarves. He also, some dark elves that he sent to go do that, also taught Nagash magic. So there's Malekith ruining things for everyone again. Ugh, he can't help himself. Yeah, everything... Like, 80% of the problems in the world can be traced back to him throwing a hissy fit. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, uh, what they do in modern times is the Dark Elves have city-sized boats they go around the world and raid with. Uh, take slaves back to Nagaroth, because doing work themselves is quite uncouth when they have all of these slaves around to do it for them, you see. Mm. As for the High Elves, they also have the big, they have the biggest navy in the world. And they say uh, their job in the setting is to basically go around and beat the hell out of chaos. Okay. Uh, the Eldar, as much as I love them, I have to admit, they do not get much stuff done very frequently. <laughs> the High Elves are... all those years eating grapes in Northwest. It's like, ah, it's fine. We're living in peaceful times. It's like, oh, demons? What now? Oh, I, I need to stretch first. It's like they weren't quite ready and they've <laughs> gotten a bit complacent. Yeah. <laughs> the High Elves are on the other end of that spectrum, the Esser. It's, they're too hmm. busy saving the world to have a kid. It's like oh. there's a demon diversion, incursion in Bretonia. We For some reason, we won't let them just destroy the place. Let's go take care of it. The Empire's yeah. in trouble. Let's go save it. All right, maybe I can take a break. Now. Nope, the, the high, Dark oh. Elves are invading. Time to go deal with this. Love, I've got Dirty Dancing on DVD. Maybe, oh no, there's another incursion. Oh, here we go. Sorry, love. Maybe next time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't catch a break. Sorry. And then aside from that, they're, they're elves. They're very arrogant, although I would say they've earned it in this case. They've certainly seen a lot of stuff, stuck around. They taught mankind magic. They were the ones who uh, upgraded magic and mankind from some dude casting a few illusions to, I can now make lightning storms appear. <laughs> so good on the elves. They can mm -hmm. use much better magic, because Warhammer fantasy magic is very complicated, and I will not go into it now to save time. That can be later. 
Mm. And that's the what the elves are doing. Anything that tries to invade them, uh, Ulthuan's also magic because they're elves, of course it is. Mm. Anything that tries to invade uh, usually sinks. Sometimes boulders move into the path of the ship. Sometimes the land itself just loops in on itself until they get lost and starve. Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't work, sometimes a sea monster just eats them because the sea oh, monsters and the elves. Because why not? Nice. Oh, that they got friends in the sea. That's nice. There was, funny enough, <laughs> there's only been two invasions of Ulthuan. One of them was, well, aside from Malekith, just showing up every now and then. One of them was a Norskin with... He's a cool character, but he had plot armor in spades in this book. <laughs> the other was a very fat goblin uh, who brought a horde of other. That sounds like a Roald Dahl book. Nope. A very fat goblin. Yep. He, <laughs> he went sh- to invade Ulthuan. He ended up there by accident and they nearly ended oh. the world because he started screwing with elven like magical systems, and oh, then the no. world kept destabilizing. Uh, they saved it the last minute, but that kingdom, Torivress, it's called, got even worse. Oh no. And with that, that went a. I can see I definitely got into things because I started talking a lot longer than I thought I would. But <laughs> that is the basics of pretty much all of the major things of Warhammer Fantasy. Like I said, there's a couple different little places that have some importance, and there's, of course, a lot more. But if you're just wondering what are all of these places, what is the Empire, what is all of this stuff, why are elves important? I hope I did a good job of covering that. Why is there a donut in this in yeah, this why, big part? Why of the map is there here? a donut? <laughs> that was very insightful. Yeah, there's a lot. There, obviously, there's a lot to get into. I do like how every few minutes there was just like Godric and Felix did something here. It's like okay, fair enough. Like, so that's probably the the easiest way to get into it. It really is because it, uh, their series they go across pretty much all of the Warhammer world. I think, like, they've been to Cathay, but that's mostly just, like, a background mention if they talked about their time being there, I believe. Hmm. Uh, I think the only place they haven't been, like, confirmed at is, I think, maybe Nagaroth. And they were still stuck on a Black Ark, one of those big slave ships the Dark Elves have. So Hmm. they've seen plenty of Dark Elves. They also sank it because, of course, they did. Yeah, why not? He figured out how to cut a boat in half with his axe. Oh, probably swing it hard enough. You'll, You'll get there eventually. And, uh, uh, any, did you did any did any of this information stick? Did you learn anything here today? Yeah, I, I just... learned a lot, but there's there's obviously a lot that I'll have to go over again and just like because that's a that was a very dense amount of information. I'm like, okay. That was I noticed. I uh, I tried to keep it a bit brief, but as I kept going, so much. It's, yeah. This I mean, is... to be honest, I I like to consider myself now uh, a lore master at Nippon hinterlands and grand cafe so i'm like yeah cool i know everything about that faction awesome um but i think i still need to brush up on some of the other factions some of the smaller ones you know like the empire and you know uh don't say it you know don't say it i won't i won't know what's coming the badlands i'll say the badlands begins with a b (laughs) badlands are fine learn more about the Mm -hmm. orcs Mm. but if you uh if you stuck around for all of this Thank you for watching and listening. Mm. Uh, hope you also learned something about fantasy. Uh, Andy, are there any final words you'd like to give to the fine people? All I would say is if if there's anything you've heard from our discussion that you want to hear more of, whether it's the Empire, whether it's the the, the Wood Elves, whether it's, you know, the, the good old ogres, um, whatever it is, 
let us know in the comments and maybe we'll have a chat about those things because again we want to expand on my knowledge and i'm sure colin you've got a lot of stuff you could talk about in any of these different Wait. factions so yeah as long as it's not bretonia do no, anyone who puts no. bretonia in the comments the comment will be flagged and it will be removed and we will send you a, an email with lots of naughty words on it uh, mainly from Colin. I won't be I won't be taking care of that. There will Colin be a Bretonia bitter, beginner to expert when I'm a dead corpse and you need to get someone else on. <laughs> we'll just be like, we've got a guest act. We've got someone in to be like, but we won't, will we find anyone? Does anyone actually like Bretonia that you've you've met? Uh, I think Chapter Master Valric does. Oh, no. Okay. That, 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 oh, I don't like that. Oh, dear. Well, maybe one day. We'll see. Uh, but aside from that, like I said, uh, we've got, I do not, uh, I'm not sure if it'll be out, but if it is out, we'll have something on a very lovely fantasy faction who they're very fun to hate. If it's, <laughs> if it's not out by the time this video goes up, look forward to learning about pest control. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, thanks very much, uh, very much, everyone, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again another time about Warhammer Fantasy. Take care, everyone.